It's the Morgan You Know Comedy Movie Draft. There's so many ways you can read something that's funny. What are you watching a movie for if you gotta read it? Who will win? Cowboy Derek. Crazy characters such as you guys. Rachel. But just like you, I feel like that's something I quote consistently. Rod. I'm in the trenches taking grenades, John. Old Man Chris. I mean, you're supposed to be a movie guy. Jimmy. Personal shots here. Come on. That's why it's my wild card. The Morgan You Know Podcast, available on all podcast providers. Hello, Internet. The Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew. Hello and welcome to the flagship sports podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. And thank you so much for choosing to spend some of your audio listening time with us. My name is Rod Morgan. I am your affable host. Joining me are my three guys that I love to talk football with. We've done it for about four years in a row now. Joining me is the executive producer of this show, the host of the wrestling show on this podcast network. His name, Jimmy James Riska. James, hello. My football picks are going as good as WWE mid-card and lower-card uh, wrestlers' days right now. So, um, yeah, half. not going good, but I enjoy talking plus about passing it yards. 50-plus rushing yards, at least two passing touchdowns, at least one rushing touchdown. Danny Dimes, first quarterback in NFL history to do this. Danny Dimes' parents won an apology, Jimmy Jam. Wow. Two points. Number one, they were going against the Cardinals who wanted to lose the game. They said, no, 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 no. We, we, we don't want to win this. We're going to lose. And number two, let's look at his season stats right now. He's got a 72 quarterback rating with that game included. He's got three interceptions to two touchdowns and 425 yards. If you do the math, he's one for two right now. That other game wasn't too good. So Mr. and Mrs. Dimes, I'm sure your son's a lovely person, not my quarterback. Wow, Chris, if you would have thought that Jimmy, one of the nicest guys in the world, was going to be asked to actually apologize to Danny Dimes' parents and he was going to double down and say, absolutely not, would you have made that bet? No, I would not have. It's obvious. It is obvious that Jimmy Jam is the heel of the week. Oh, my goodness. Listen, if you thought that Williams was just going to take us off the rails and break bad against Jimmy to open this podcast this week, you had a heck of a bingo card, ladies and gentlemen, because I didn't have that one on my board. I can't believe the hate towards Danny Dimes. Wasn't too good. So, Mr. and Mrs. Dimes, I'm sure your son's a lovely person, not my quarterback. Wow, Chris, if you would have thought that Jimmy, one of the nicest guys in the world, was going to be asked to actually apologize to Danny Dimes' parents and he was going to double down and say absolutely not, would you have made that bet? No, I would not have. It's obvious. It is obvious that Jimmy Jam is the heel of the week. Oh, my goodness. Listen, if you thought that Williams was just going to take us off the rails and break bad against Jimmy to open this podcast this week, you had a heck of a bingo card, ladies and gentlemen, because I didn't have that one on my board. I can't believe the hate towards Danny Dimes. My quarterback. Wow. Chris, if you would have thought that Jimmy, one of the nicest guys in the world, was going to be asked to actually apologize to Danny Dimes' parents and he was going to double down and say absolutely not, would you have made that bet? No, I would not have. It's obvious. It is obvious that Jimmy Jam is the heel of the week. Oh, my goodness. Listen, if you thought that Williams was just going to take us off the rails and break bad against Jimmy to open this podcast this week, you had a heck of a bingo card, ladies and gentlemen, because I didn't have that one on my board. 
I can't believe the hate towards Danny Dimes. Wasn't too good. So, Mr. and Mrs. Dimes, I'm sure your son's a lovely person, not my quarterback. Wow, Chris, if you would have thought that Jimmy, one of the nicest guys in the world, was going to be asked to actually apologize to Danny Dimes' parents and he was going to double down and say absolutely not, would you have made that bet? No, I would not have. It's obvious. It is obvious that Jim Jam is the heel of the week. Oh, my goodness. Listen, if you thought that Williams was just going to take us off the rails and break bad against Jimmy to open this podcast this week, you had a heck of a bingo card, ladies and gentlemen, because I didn't have that one on my board. I can't believe the hate towards Danny Dimes. But I'm going to take us on another left turn. Williams sidetracked us already when we started the podcast. I'm going to sidetrack us right now before we get to the NFL. We're going to make a stop on the college football schedule. Not many games hold my eyes anymore on Saturday, but something big has been happening in the college football world. I thought about touching on it in weeks past. Haven't wanted to get to it. Another big game coming up for none other than Coach Prime. The Colorado Buffaloes have stormed all the way into the top 25. They take on the Oregon Ducks this week. Will they be found out as frauds? Will the Colorado train keep rolling? I quite frankly have no idea, but Jimmy, I want to know your thoughts on what Coach Prime has going on out in Colorado. I love what he is doing for college football because it's making people care about college football. Think about the last time anyone even watched a Colorado game. You know, they are sold out. Even when they have home games, people aren't there anymore just because they didn't care. Coach Jimmy, Prime has brought Nat. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard doesn't even show up for his own Clipper games, and he was at a Colorado Buffaloes game. All right. That's how big Think games are getting that. out there. I love it. I love everything he's doing. He's speaking the truth. He's selling his son, which is you definitely have to do. Get him as as good as you can to get him in the NFL so you can coach him on the Bears. And then um, I think that anyone who says anything negative about him right now is just kind of in a jealousy and trying to take something away from him because how many people are going to commit to Colorado now knowing that you have to work hard to be there? I'll tell you something else. If you would ask me to come up with the perfect coach for what we're told today's athlete is all about and what you have to be good at in today's media world, in today's endorsement world, and get yours while you can world, who better than one of the greatest self-promoters of all time than Deion Sanders, right? To take these kids under his wing. And that's the thing about Deion. He's always had Underneath all of the black, the brash, excuse me, and all of the charisma and all of the exuberance has been a heart, right? You've always had that little bit of something there, and you can see it even more on display with him as a coach. Chris, your thoughts on Coach Prime? Yeah, right. I mean, he has really transitioned the talk of our normal co college football yearly agenda of big sec teams we're not talking about alabama we're not talking about georgia we're not talking about clemson we're talking about colorado football all right the buffaloes that's unprecedented it's been decades since the buffaloes were of any kind of national importance in college football and it's strictly to do with what dion has done with this program since he came in Williams, you got any uh, you got any thoughts on uh, Coach Prime out there in Colorado as a fan? Because I know you as a handicapper, you don't play the college game very often. You say that it's a little easier to study up and trends are easier to follow in the NFL game. What do you what do you think about what's going on out in Colorado? Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, Dion had a <laughs> created a top ten ESPN rating for a college football game 
this last weekend, and that was <laughs> between a Pac-12 team hosting a Mountain West team. Think about that. And it started at like, like what, 1030 on the East Coast? I mean, that game didn't get over till like 215 in the morning, double overtime. It's wild, 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 wild. I, I will say, I will throw a little water uh, on, on the blanket here. Like this team really isn't that good. Like if they make the, if they make a bowl game, it'll be a tremendous achievement for Dion, but they're not, they're not like a top 20 team at all, but w- what he's done is fantastic. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of talk about that. We'll find out this week after they play Oregon, right? Oregon's one of those teams that's perennial, just going to be always under those conditions when, uh, when teams don't blitz and they play zone coverage. He's been sacked 10 times in two starts this year. He's over 100 sacks taken in his career. He's had one fourth-quarter comeback and 29 career starts. His QBR, his rookie year, was 26.4. Currently, his QBR is 24. It's fine. I mean, yeah, 3.8, 3.1 air yards per attempt. I mean, so just, Ryan Pol- he, he keeps on going. Ryan Poles had a press conference today, and he said no one is Happy panicking. Birthday. And Andrew Brandt, who is one of the best followers on Twitter, Twitter, who always says there will be lawyers for everything, retweets, everyone is panicking. <laughs> Translation, everyone is panicking. Because everyone is panicking. Uh, it, it, there's 15 weeks to go, but is there? I you know who's know. not panicking, Jimmy? You know who's not panicking? This guy right here. Preseason, I had the Bears win in the NFC North. I still have the Bears win in the NFC North. Let's they got everybody go. right where they want them. They got everybody right where they want them right now. Everybody's counting the Bears out. Eberflus wanted to call the plays the whole time. I don't know that he needed to go to whatever. We'll find out in the weeks to go to get rid of the defensive coordinator, but clearly he just wanted to call the plays. All right. So now he's able to do that. Something's going to come together on the offense. I don't know what that is, but something's going to happen. And I'm still all in on the bears. That's what I know. But right now we're going to check in on what Chris King doesn't know. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know what the future holds for uh, Dallas's uh, doomsday defense that we've been talking about lately. This is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous take out of you, but continue. Listen, there are there were two things that our defense did really well. Rush the quarterback and cover, cover those corners. And we were short on depth at corner last year. And then in the secondary last year is one reason why we went out and got guys like Seven Gilmore. And now we're down... Diggs, who is arguably the best lockdown corner over the last three years. This puts a real hurt on this defense, and I'm worried about what it does long term. Wow, you really are downtrodden. I'm not even we're not we're not even gonna follow up on that. Chris really is bummed out about the Trayvon Diggs, man. I mean the Cowboys are two and oh, man. I'm I'm really sorry for you, Chris. I'm I'm really sorry that the Cowboys are two and oh and are one of the best teams in the NFC off to a off to a rip roaring start, man. It's terrible. It's terrible being a Dallas fan right now, man. I feel for you. Came on my radio. Yeah, there's lofty shots, Chris. Oh, my goodness. Excuse me for that. I'm still trying to recover over here in Morganino Studios. But I'm going to do the same on the podcast. I'm going to predict Notre Dame gets hammered by Ohio State because they've shown me nothing different when they take on a top 10 opponent and hope for better things. So there you have it. A lot of curveballs for you at the head of this Balls and Brew episode this week. But now we're going to move on to what we do best. We're going to preview week number three, talk a little bit about some stuff we saw in week number two. We're going to hit on all of our little fun games that we've come up for you this year with. And we're going to start with Jimmy Jamriska giving us the face and heel of the week. 
Well, my face of the week is facing the Giants right now. That is Christian McCaffrey, who has, spoiler alert, has um, scored touchdowns in 12 straight games, 268 yards, two t- uh, well, three touchdowns now, and uh, 10 receptions. He has had an amazing start to the season. The 49ers are looking very fierce. Love me some San Francisco 49ers. Love me some Christian McCaffrey. He is the face of the week. Oh, no, Chris. Are we going to have two 49er lovers on this podcast to deal with now? Is that what we're hearing? That's what it looks like. But Jimmy's not wrong. I called it last year when the Niners got McCaffrey from Carolina. I thought it was the trade of the year. I really did. Wait a minute. Wait, so wait now, are you trying to like get a little like thing hooked up to the back of their bus because you got McCaffrey and you're living in Carolina? What exactly is happening right now? It's just facts, Rod. The 49ers are good. They are really good, and McCaffrey made them even better last year. So this is a legit team, and Jimmy hit it right on the head. He should have been the face probably for the whole season so far. You were just you were just backing everybody up this week, Chris. I'm just waiting for you to turn bad on somebody and shake a knife in. And Williams, I'm sure you got some great stats on McCaffrey here. What, what, what should we know about, uh, about Christian's start to the season here? I mean, just hopefully he stays healthy. I mean, this is a this is a potent San Francisco offense, but they I, I, I continue to tell people they do not have very much depth, and I'm very concerned about the net rest differential later on in the year with this San Francisco team. But right now, uh, they are rolling. But already, Brandon Ayuk is hurt. Um, could be only week to week, but uh, but yeah, man, these these San Francisco 49ers uh, uh, skill players are fantastic with uh, after the catch. And after the run with with McCaffrey, uh, see after the catch and after the run, like, I feel like that's you just trying to give Shanahan some love. But well, listen, we're moving on. We're moving on past the Niners. I have a feeling, Jimmy, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I have a feeling that we can do our obligatory Bears check in at the same time as you give us your heel of the week. Am I right in assuming that? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because my heel of the week is the Chicago Bears organization, because it has been one heel of a week for the Chicago Bears organization. Let's put the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, aside real quick. Uh, not really sure what the whole situation is. A lot of rumors out there, so we don't need to uh, go any further on that. But he's no longer the defensive coordinator. Ibraflus takes over play calling last week, and all the players are really apparently happy with the play calling. They did a lot more blitzes. They still couldn't sack a quarterback. They couldn't pick up a fumble, um, and they got beat by the Bucks. That's great. Wonderful. Uh, Justin Fields comes out and says uh, one of the things that made him messed up is coaching which is not very good because uh, Luke Getzky, Luke Getzy and Matt uh, Ibraflus are, um, well, they're, they're his coaches, and he needs to figure that out. Watching the game, the replay uh, last week, it was odd because he was kind of just robotic. It was like, I can't move. I'm not allowed to move. Oh, a guy's open. Oh, I got sacked because I held the ball for five freaking minutes. It was so odd. Last year, Third or fourth week, I remember seeing him go through his progressions quickly and hit his third target. I said, hey, he may have a chance here. He is so scared to do anything now. He's not he, He's not moving. I cannot understand how this is happening again. This organization would destroy anyone that comes in there. People are saying, well, we should have picked Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. No, we shouldn't have. Why? Because Deshaun Watson probably would have been, oh, I don't know, uh, accused of like 17 sexual acts or something like that. That would have happened to him. And then Patrick Mahomes would have been cut three years in because the Bears don't know how to do anything with a quarterback. This is ridiculous. This is horrible. Please 
Help me somebody. I don't. Williams, I know you're really positive about the Bears this season. Well, Williams, listen, let me start you here on this okay. prompt. How about this? You uh, you had some things to say about Fields last week himself that were certainly not wrong. So uh, what did you think when uh, he made a move that a quarterback is not supposed to make? Everything he said might be very, very true. But as the quarterback, it's part of your job. And I believe I heard Dan Orlovsky relay this very, very well. As quarterback, it's part of your job to stand up there and take all of that blame. You just unfortunately have to do that. So to go up there and start throwing it on other people, I have to. I wonder what you thought when you heard that, Williams. I mean... It's just the Bears are just a dumpster fire. Uh, Fields has to have a press conference after he had a press conference throwing the the coaching under the bus. I mean, he's thinking too much out there. Evidently, is what is what he thinks. But he's he's five and twenty two in his career. I mean, since the start of last year, when teams don't blitz and they play zone coverage, he's thirty third in passer rating. There's thirty two hey, hey, quarterbacks. Williams, I've got I've got a stat for you. I've got a trivia question for everybody. Okay. Yeah. Who has more 300-yard uh, passing uh, games in his NFL career? Justin Fields or C.J. Stroud? <laughs> For those of you Stroud. who don't know, C.J. Stroud has played two NFL games and has one 300-yard game. Thank you. My rookie of the year. Yeah. I mean, Fields has thrown three touchdowns on 267 dropbacks under those conditions when uh, when teams don't blitz and they play zone coverage. He's been sacked 10 times in two starts this year. He's over 100 sacks taken in his career. He's had one fourth-quarter comeback in 29 career starts. His QBR, his rookie year, was 26.4. Currently, his QBR is 24. That's fine. I mean, yeah, 3.8, 3.1 air yards per attempt. I mean, so just, Ryan he, Pol- he keeps on going. Ryan Poles had a press conference today, and he said no one is Happy panicking. Birthday. And Andrew Brandt, who is one of the best followers on Twitter, Twitter, who always says there will be lawyers for everything retweets. Everyone is panicking <laughs> translation. Everyone is panicking because everyone is panicking. Uh, it, it, there's 15 weeks to go, but is there, I you know, who's know. not panicking, Jimmy, you know, who's not panicking this guy right here. Preseason. I had the bears win in the NFC North. I still have the bears win in the NFC. North. Let's go. Right where they want them. They got everybody right where they want them right now. Everybody's counting the bears out. Eberflus wanted to call the plays the whole time. I don't know that he needed to go to whatever. We'll find out in the weeks to go to get rid of the defensive coordinator, but clearly he just wanted to call the plays. All right. So now he's able to do that. Something's going to come together on the offense. I don't know what that is, but something's going to happen. And I'm still all in on the bears. That's what I know. But right now we're going to check in on what Chris King doesn't know. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know what the future holds for uh, Dallas's uh, doomsday defense that we've been talking about lately. This is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous take out of you, but continue. Listen, there are there were two things that our defense did really well. Rush the quarterback and cover, cover those corners. And we were short on depth at corner last year and then in the secondary last year. is one reason why we went out and got guys like Seven Gilmore. And now we're down... Diggs, who is arguably the best lockdown corner over the last three years. This puts a real hurt on this defense, and I'm worried about what it does long term. Wow, you really are downtrodden. I'm not even we're not we're not even gonna follow up on that. Chris really is bummed out about the Trayvon Diggs, man. I mean the Cowboys are two and oh, man. I'm I'm really sorry for you, Chris. I'm I'm really sorry that the Cowboys are two and oh and are one of the best teams in the NFC off to a off to a rip roaring start, man. It's terrible. It's terrible being a Dallas fan right now, man. I feel for you. 
Yeah, there's lofty shit, up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is now time for me to give you something that no one else is talking about, which obligatory basically just has something to do with me. And week one, I was uh, telling you to get off of the Seahawks bus, even though I started it as a train allegory there so that was my bad on that and also maybe my bad on getting off the seahawks bus they looked awfully good week two so i guess what i'm trying to say here folks is i'm here for entertainment purposes okay i'm not a handicapper i'm not crunching any numbers don't really listen to anything that i have to say here but that being said the jacksonville jaguars what's going on i was riding the teal express last year i was all in on trevor lawrence at the beginning of this year and you have given me 444 yards passing and 179 yards 179 yards rushing in two games for a grand total of 613 yards and four touchdowns out of an offense that I thought might lead the NFL in offense. Come on, Doug Peterson, strap that visor on a little tighter. All right, get that salt and pepper hair flowing and let's get those spectacles on and let's get these Jacksonville Jaguars marching up and down the field, scoring some touchdowns, making sure that my Colts get a high draft pick making sure that I look good in all of my picks and furthermore advancing my fantasy team and Mishawaka malcontents to the championship. Come on, Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. Let's get going. What no one else is talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars sluggish offensive start. All right. That's our little bit of wrap up of week two, other than a few things that Williams will bring up for us during his three game picks, including our obligatory Colts check-in because they are included in one of the three picks this week. Okay. Uh, we went two and one against the spread last week. Uh, one and zero oh on the late ad on the text threads. That's exactly what we did in week one. So uh, try to try to keep it rolling here. Uh, I'm going to take Green Bay minus one and a half uh, versus the Saints at home. We get to back a team here in Green Bay that the market is lower on than I think they should be, and we get to fade a team in New Orleans that the market is higher on than I think they should be. Uh, we get to back Green Bay in their home opener. And it's trending towards Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, and David Bakhtiari all playing in this game. The Saints are coming off a road Monday night football game where the offense had to be bailed out by a ridiculous catch down the sideline by Chris Olave. Uh, Kamara still out another game. Jamal Williams still out. Uh, will backup running back Kendry Miller be available? The Saints D has went up against a terrible Tannehill played game in week one where he threw three picks and then a super tentative and conservative Carolina offense in week two. This is a step up in class for the Saints. 59% of the money is on the Packers here. I'm going with Green Bay minus one and a half. Yeah, I thought the Saints were a heck of a lot better week one than they looked week two. I uh, I like that pick, but I'm not so sure how much I love Jordan Love. He was another one to tailor two different games for him. So uh, I like your call here, though, Mr. Williams. Chris, your thoughts on either the Packers or the Saints? I think it's a good call. Packers are always going to be tough at Lambeau, no matter who the quarterback is. That's probably, that's probably it. Jimmy, Derek Carr looked a little bit more like Derek Carr week two, no? Yes, Derek Carr is Derek Carr, but it's the Saints. They have the Bucks, who I don't really know if the Bucks are real yet in their division. I think I'm okay with uh, with the Saints moving forward. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. That NFC South is probably uh, Baker Mayfield's not going to be this hot for uh, for the whole rest of the year. So let's uh, let's talk about those uh, Jets who uh, who we wish still had Aaron Roberts, but they Aaron Roberts, Aaron Rodgers, but they're going to be taking on the Pats. That's Williams' second pick. Yeah, so similar to last week when I didn't want to lay uh, over a touchdown with uh, San Fran, I just, I just went with a team total of San Fran um, over 26 and a half. That ended up working out. We're going to go Jets team total under 17 and a half against the Patriots. 
you can find that minus 120 on Caesars and getting on Caesars is is the way to go because the juice on that same bet is minus 135 on, on MGM and then the number is different on DK it's only 16 and a half so you want to get that one more point Jets team total under 17 and a half on Caesars over three quarters of the tickets have come in on on the game under here 82 percent of the money is on New England covering and Belichick has owned Zach Wilson in, in his career the Pats have won 14 straight versus the Jets this Pats D is still really really good um uh, they've just played two really good teams so far. That's what, hence the zero and two record. Belichick is going to make Zach Wilson go the length of the field every time against this D uh, without making a mistake. Uh, what I don't trust is Zach to not make a mistake here. And the only reason I'm not taking the Pats minus two and a half is I haven't been thrilled with Mac Jones' decision making, especially in the red zone. So, and this Jets D is really good. So, just in case the Pats, you know, kick a bunch of field goals here and say they win like nineteen seventeen, we still win here with the Jets team total under 17 and a half. Jimmy Jam, how much money would I have to pay you to get you to sit down and watch all four quarters of a game played between Mac Jones and Zach Wilson? We need to do a uh, balls and brew draft of that quarterback class again, because I think the number one pick is easy, but the number two pick, I think, who knows, right? Uh, It's not going to be pretty. At least Mac Jones has some fight in him, though. I would agree with you there. I think Mac Jones is going to be doing everything in his power to prove to everybody I'm a little bit better than Zach Wilson. So, uh, yeah, I kind of I like that pick there. And under anything with the Jets is probably a decent bet moving forward. No, Chris? Yeah, you. I know he played against Dallas in Dallas last week, but that was a typical Zach Wilson game. You know, one touchdown, three interceptions. I think that's what you can expect just about whoever he plays. So yeah, take that under. Yeah. Under with the jets moving forward. I like that. Let's move on to Mr. Williams's final bet, but that gives us a chance to do our obligatory Colts check-in. And I don't know what Mr. Jamriska and Mr. King had to say about the Colts check-in, but here's my Colts check-in. Minchu Gardner. Minshew, let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's put Gardner out there to start the week out. All right. We don't need to mess around with Richardson anymore. We've seen an awful lot of good out of him in the first two weeks. We knew it was going to be a long journey. We knew we'd have to bring him along slowly anyway. Let's not force him right back out there. We all saw Tua last year. Minshew was basically perfect as a backup quarterback last week. Did absolutely nothing wrong. Looked pretty darn good in his spot work for Richardson in week one. Why not just roll with the best backup quarterback in the NFL and Gardner Minshew? Jimmy, your thoughts? Yeah, I really, you know, that Anthony Richardson pick for the Bears is looking really solid right now. Um, I think that he has shown a lot, but getting hurt two games in a row, let's maybe calm down a little bit. Let the shoe get in there. Let him take care of stuff. Everything will be fine. We'll get another win. It'll be good to go. I like I like your, your call there, bud. Chris, am I being uh, too soft with uh, Richardson? Do we got to just get him right back out there? No, you. I think you guys all know how I feel about uh, concussions after my soliloquy last year after the Tua injury. Um, I am all for letting Richardson sit another week to make sure he's fully healthy. Um, I do agree with you, Rod. Minshew did a fine job of managing the game after he came in. You know, he led us to 17 points uh, while he was in the game, so... I think we need to give Baltimore a healthy dose of Zach uh, Moss and let Minshew just pepper him a little bit here and there, and I think we would have a chance then. 
Yeah, Williams, I was going to then throw it back to you saying, uh, is Zach Moss factoring into any of your uh, handicapping here? He looked pretty darn good for the Colts last week. So what do you got for us on this game? Yeah, I am. The, the one game I lost last week, I went against the Ravens. I'm going against the Ravens again this week. Uh, I'm taking Colts plus eight and a half, minus 110 on Caesars. Look, Burrow re-aggravated that calf injury, and there just wasn't any zip on the on the ball on Burrow's ball last week. That red zone uh, interception, not that's something you don't, normally don't see from from Burrow. I watched that whole Ravens Texans game week one. Ravens were not good. I know they won, ended up pulling away, but the Ravens were not good. The Ravens did play fantastic last week, so I think we get two things here. We get a classic letdown game for Baltimore after a big division win. Uh, on the road versus Cincy, and and we get a huge look-ahead game for Baltimore here with their Week 4 game at Cleveland. And people forget that the Ravens are still extremely banged up. They're down two offensive linemen, down two corners, down their stud running back in Dobbins, down OBJ at wide receiver. Meanwhile, the Colts are feeling good. They've got some momentum. Minshew looked good, like Rod said. And here we have another data point in the favor of the Colts. 71% of the tickets are on the Ravens, but 79% of the money is on the Colts here, plus eight and a half. Colts seem to always play the Ravens tough, but then seem to somehow falter in the fourth quarter. That that could happen again this week, but we, we get a whole eight and a half points to cover our, our bet here. So I like Indy plus eight and a half. Listen, you give me a bunch of Colts hard-fought games where they turn out on the losing end at the at the time the clock strikes zero. I'm all about it. That's a great Colts year for us this year. Guys are getting better. We're making some improvements. We're getting another high draft pick. We're going to be fighting against, you know, your Arizonas and some of your other teams out there, not the Bears. The Bears are going to go on a legendary winning streak, boys. Don't look so downtrodden, all right? We're going to see a legendary win streak out of the Bears. This isn't even the obligatory Bears check-in. We already did that. But you guys were so down and out about the Bears that I felt the need to throw in another little Bears nugget for you during the obligatory Colts check-in, all right? That was just for you guys. 12 losses in a row. 12 losses in a row. You guys haven't won since the merger was final and Elon Musk officially took over Twitter and then renamed it X. You guys haven't won since any of that happened. We haven't won in a long, long time. Mr. Williams, I just realized that we forgot to do one of my new favorite check-ins, and I also didn't ask you if you had anything on this. So if you don't, that's okay. But do we have anything as we say goodbye to the people in Futures Market Watch? Yeah, so we did before this Thursday night game came up, and it has nothing to do with the Giants, but that the Giants played in the same division. So this, this, this line might not be back up until next week, but I found something here that's, that I thought was interesting. Uh, if you go on DK, scroll all the way over to weekly or season specials, you can find Jalen Hurts to lead the NFC East in passing yards at five to one on DK. Now he's in he's in fourth right now behind Howell, Danny Dimes, and Dak. But Hurts had last year had four games where he threw for over three hundred yards. And let's think about this. Philly lost their DC in the offseason. They lost their big defensive tackle, Javon Hargraves, in free agency. They've already had some guys on that D get banged up. This D might not be as good uh, this year. And on offense, you lose Miles Sanders, but you bring in a better pass catcher in DeAndre Swift. So if the Eagles, if the Eagles are going to be in more competitive games, Hurts has two of the best wide receivers uh, in the league, A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith. He has a top six or seven tight end, Dallas Goddard, and he has two good pass-catching running backs in Swift and Gainwell. And we only – it's not like we have to beat, like, 28 other quarterbacks here. We only have to beat three other quarterbacks. Uh, so – Sam Howell, Sam Howell has three career starts at this time. 
Dak has a very good D and running back behind him, so maybe he doesn't throw as much. And then our boy Danny Dimes. We all we got we got a fair Danny Dimes. And Philly, your boy, your Philly, boy, Danny Philly, Dimes. Philly ends their season with the G Men versus Arizona, and then the G Men again. And so I just think there's a tremendous amount of value there for Jalen Hurts at five to one to lead the NFC East in passing yards. Do you, do you, you worry? Do you worry that there was some beef between AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts in this last game? No, so like they are super good friends, man. Like they go back a long time. Yeah, it looked it. <laughs> no, like that. It did. It did look bad, but I'm not concerned with that at all. I think AJ Brown is a squeaky wheel this week. I think. Uh, look, I I, I I feel like we are we're buying tremendously uh, low on Jalen Hurts here. I think there's no way this line should be as low as five to one. Chris, come on. All right. Things got really, really bad between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. All right. Like it looked like these two guys were never going to be able to patch it up. And then they got it together again and they triumphed over the Usos in the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> All right, Chris, come on. How did I know you bring it back to wrestling? Oh, listen, come on. You know me. I'm always going to find a great way to finish it out. See, this is the kind of thing that you bring to the Morgan, you know, network for, right? You hear a little bit of wrestling, you hear a little bit of fun from me. And then Williams gives you some great breakdown right there about how he thinks about things and applies it to a bet that can be made, right? He breaks down the other three quarterbacks in the league, in the division for you, gives you Jalen Hurts stats, says, Hey, the Eagles might be in some shootouts. So maybe that means this guy's going to lead this division in passing yards. That's what you come here for. Get a little nugget like that. Put it down on your particular app. However you like to make your bets. Maybe if you're in the state of Wisconsin, like a friend of ours, you're literally making bets with a guy. Shout out to you, Wu-Tang. I could not believe that when that news came through the group thread the other morning that our guy, Matt Wu-Tang Kazerski, is still making bets with the guy. Of course, of course he is. That's, that's Wu-Tang for you. Mr. Williams, come on. How, when was the last time you made a bet with the guy? The statute of limitations are over now, right? When was the last time you made a bet with a guy? Yeah, man, had it been like over 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's been, it's been quite a while. Our boy Wu-Tang still making bets with guys. Shout out to you, Wu, if you're even still listening. You're welcome on this podcast anytime, so you can spin a yarn to us about some crazy HBO documentary we've all never watched or some great 80s show that you're checking out over on Pluto TV. All right, shout out to you, Wu. Hey, go Ball State. <laughs> go Ball State. All right, that's enough out of me. That's enough out of us this week, wrapping up week two, talking about week three. Our wrestling thoughts are always available for you on the Yeah We Know podcast available on this very feed. The Morgan You Know podcast comes out at you every once in a while with pop culture stuff. And there is a great episode available for you now, a comedy movie draft. Jimmy worked hard on it. I worked hard on it. I'm not entirely sure Chris worked hard on it, but he certainly nope. appeared on it. Check it out sometime for your audio enjoyment. And until we come back at you next time on the Morgan You Know podcasting network, thank you so much for joining us. And the final word goes to the old man. Goodbye, Internet. That was an adventure. <laughs>